This icon is racist. I have never ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shape. Can you please come in? Good day and welcome to another edition of Sunday Times Politics Weekly with me, Amil Amro, here at the Sunday Times Studios. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. In studio this week, we have our esteemed Sunday Times Politics colleagues in the studio, Zimasa Matiwane, Zingisa Mvumvu and Apiwe Declared. Guys, how are you all doing? It's been a long week already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that just says it all. <laughs> But listen, there's been a lot going on in the news and a lot of people are talking about one singular thing that sort of made the public discourse and defined it last week. And that's the National Health Insurance Bill. The up and coming one, it's going to take some time to get to full implementation, but people are worried already. Maybe because they don't fully understand it Mm. or maybe because it's just rubbish. (laughs) Yeah. For all we know, let's get into the facts of it and try to explain exactly what's going to happen and whether and you guys can decide whether or not you should be worried or not and and how it's going to go forward. So anyway, in its preamble, it becomes evident that the bill is well-intentioned, right? It's targeted at addressing social economic inequality and, and I quote here, to improve the quality of life of all citizens of all citizens, and to free the potential of each person. Now, with every single government bill, we're going to get this rhetoric at the beginning about how it's going to change people's lives for the better. We seldom really see it, to yeah. be honest, in this country. Now, according to the bill, um, the National Health Insurance Fund um, will be financed through mandatory payment. Um, that aims to achieve sustainable and universal access to quality healthcare services. And this fund will serve as the single purchaser and the single player of healthcare services in the country by pooling finances and strategically purchasing healthcare services, medicine, and health related products from accredited and contracted service providers. So basically, the government will now be in charge of the healthcare system entirely. So that's where the first bit of worry comes in. From. Yeah. But I think what people were mostly talking about is the implications on their pockets. Because for mm. most people, this is the biggest cause of concern. We'll get into the other causes of concern, like what's going to happen to medical aids. Um, will I now have to go to RK Khan Hospital <laughs> you know, and, and, and have a deathbed waiting for me there? But basically, it's going to be paid for largely by an increase in taxes. And that's the scary part. Um, so this includes taxes paid by employers and workers, as well as an increase in personal income tax. Mm. Um, so what do we think about this, guys? Where do we start in the NHI bill? First of all, uh, the idea of universal health care, mm. that we all need access to health care, that just because I was born by accident of nature in Tembisa, yeah. uh, in a shack, <laughs> uh, I don't deserve to, you know, get... Uh, healthcare quality that is similar to a meal. Why me? Go to you see, you know, I, I like that idea. It, it, mm. it addresses that sort of imbalance. Uh, just I feel a butt coming along, guys. Just, mm. just, just as the same as, mm. uh, you know, it's like uh, access to water or access to electricity mm. should health should be like that exactly um but <laughs> 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 look uh, as things stand a lot of uh, of us uh, the normal citizen and even industry players are in the dark of 
what is actually going to be uh, you know the nitty-gritties of it mm. um are, are going uh, um are, uh, medical aids going to die yeah um will this mean i must go to para chris mm. uh, parakwana for those who don't know or will it mean that uh, finally uh, i will uh, uh, get a chance to go uh, to mill park <laughs> <laughs> i think you the, see, yeah th- 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 those things are not explained yet exactly. I, I i see the um, the ministry is saying a white paper is going to yes. speak to those issues and a money bill is going to speak to that but uh, just the release of it has caused a lot of panic of and uh, you know they they are not doing um, themselves favors in that department by not at least trying to take everyone along with them it's it's like they they, they place a bill and say well, well we don't know maybe treasurer would come and say ah, maybe uh, you know uh, it might be five rand more or how ah, maybe it, you see they they're not taking us along i yes. mean uh, you would expect a department which has had um sorry uh, a pilot project on this which cost what four billion exactly to at least have a proper idea okay this in in the pilot this is what we've done and we it will more uh, uh likely be yeah uh, mm. these are more likely going to be the numbers mm. and this is how it's going to you so know, to the, operate this is the thing for me personally i wish that when you make a bill public that with that bill you come out with an implementation uh, a proper explanation to how this is going to work mm-hmm. because just dropping a ball out there which is very technical um and and spans over 10 years doesn't explain the small nitty-gritties about what people actually want to know yes it tells you how what's going to happen and how it's going to happen in the country um but what it doesn't tell you is how it's going to affect you directly you know mm-hmm. it doesn't say okay for example instead of you paying 1500 rand for medical aid now you're going to pay 800 for example everyone will pay 800 and you'll be have access to this 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 and this and you might have to get medical aid to cover this this and this it doesn't tell us this so that's why it leaves the sort of gap and this is where people start to worry in this and mm. and, and, and can, can mm. i interject just a bit sure. which is close to the point i was making is it's not uh, you know those things are not uh, uh, if you would say if, if someone pays now 1.5 you know roughly uh, what a yes. medical aid covers and you know roughly what is uh, uh, basic health care yeah. and you know what you are most likely not going to cover exactly. so you can from now make an estimate as a, as a department mm. they should the, uh, this thing was introduced way back yes, exactly. it's not like it's something that was uh, that is still in in creation stages and whatnot there has been a pilot so you should at least to say um, we will charge roughly between 1.5 to 2000 for people who are ending between here and here and for you, you see what i'm saying mm. it's not there we, we it's not coming out so that's that's my worry mm. look uh, i mean first of all me let, let me be blunt and put my opinion Go for uh, and view we always love to hear yeah. <laughs> as controversial as it always is of course <laughs> this one this, is opposed I, know. Regard, <laughs> I can safely and say that this thing is going to fail and i'll expand on why i'm mm. saying that tell us First of all, I'll, I'll start with the issues that URP was raising. One, we had a pilot project in Limpopo and the Eastern Cape. Eastern Cape being where public health care is in complete shambles. Of course. Which we've had since when? More than five years. Is it five years or more? 
Um, no, um, when uh, Motolet was launching this thing was what, around 2012? 2012, 2013. Yeah. So roughly five years we've had a pilot project. But me and you and everyone else don't know how that pilot project mm. uh, went. Well, unless, I mean, I know to a certain degree because I've gone to, uh, 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 you know, health portfolio committees in the Eastern Cape uh, sometime last year. And what I had there was not so impressive. I am shocked that the government before this didn't take us along, as Abio was saying, to say, in the pilot project, this is what we've experienced. If there were challenges that can be addressed in the now fully blown implementation, these are the challenges and this is how we plan to address them. The fact that they are not even telling us about how the pilot project went is what worries me the most. And that is part of the reason I'm saying I don't think they know what they're doing and they are fully confident that this thing is going to work. And then secondly, we've got issues of infrastructure. I spoke about the Eastern Cape. Eastern Cape is, is, is a typical, typical example. I'm glad that they actually uh, started the pilot project there, which they are not telling us about. Uh, infrastructure there is, a, is in complete shambles. And also, I, I feel it's short-sighted to try to uh, balance things from this level, things that are not balanced. You know, uh, public hospitals, there's issues of shortage of nurses, a shortage of doctors. Not because there are money issues in terms of salaries, mm -hmm. not because people are, are unhappy, but people are unhappy with their working environments. There's not enough equipment. There's overcrowding, a ridiculous long uh, working hours. Mm -hmm. You know, people are just frustrated, and uh, they're frustrated because of the environment that is not conducive. Mm -hmm. Has the government done anything to improve mm -hmm. those environments first in the public hospitals, so that when you bring that on par with what is working? being uh, the private sector, at least there's some mm. degree of professionalism within the uh, public health care and, 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 and equipment and everything that works mm. there, that makes the environment, uh, you know, conducive mm. for working. But well, last week, the health minister, William Keyes, had a press briefing where he outlined the NHI bill and answered some questions around it. Let's take a listen to a little bit of what he said. For too long has our health care system operated in an unsustainable and unjust manner. The public health care system shoulders the lion's share of the disease burden in this country, looking after 84% of our population with less resources than the private health system that services only 16% of the population. The NHI seeks to optimize the available resources by pooling existing public funds and engaging the entire quantum of the sector so that in the end, there is single purchaser of healthcare services. The NHI will benefit all South African citizens, permanent residents, refugees, inmates, designated foreign nationals, and all children, so long as the system is accessed at the appropriate level of entry and the correct level, uh, cor correct referral pathway is followed, services will be free at the point of care. The medical aid industry will have <clears throat> no trouble adapting to the changing environment as they have successfully done in the past by developing financial products and services that provide complementary cover. Well, there you have it. So basically, my big issue here is that how do you have universal healthcare when the quality of all your facilities are marginally different? So you've got, um, as our peer was talking about Netcare Mill Park, for example, and there's no promotion in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, let's take a private, any private hospital. You've got a certain level of healthcare, which you're paying an exorbitant amount through your medical aids for. Whereas your average citizen in this country does not have access to those facilities, but has to go to a normal government institution. And there's and there are miles apart. We can, I think we can all agree on that. So yeah. how so where do you start to give the municipal implication where 
The thing is, if you had for me every single hospital facility and healthcare facility on the same level in the country, then I don't mind. Yeah. Because now we can all receive the same amount of healthcare across the board. And I don't mind facilitating payment for for everybody else. That's fine with me. But now, how does it work? You know, where do we go? Like, now, and, and then other questions come in for the doctors. We've already got a mass... Um, exodus. We've got we've exodus of, of doctors and healthcare professionals in the country. Will this scare them off even more? So government has failed totally to create a public healthcare system that works for citizens that cannot buy healthcare. Mm. So what now they are trying to do is to hijack what wasn't created by government, wasn't created for people that cannot afford healthcare and uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say this but now they are trying to crowd that mm. and I feel like they are going to mess it up also. But um, look Ultimately, things like healthcare, things like access to water, electricity, and education, they should not be commercialized. Exactly. Everyone should have access to them. So and it's good not quality services in that respect as good, well. Good quality services. Mm. So it's it's not the fault of people who cannot afford medical aid. Mm. It's it's the fault of government. Uh, my biggest worry with the NHI is that administratively i don't think our government has capacity mm. to manage this exactly because it's government wants to wants to be the payer of of medical workers so they want to pay doctors they want to pay hospitals they want to pay for medicine and we all know they that. want to contract uh, everything out so basically well so basically then they would have to pay the doctors after their services are rendered they would have to pay hospitals they would have to pay for medicine they would be doing all the admin no, so no, 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 no. And we already know. Government, as you were government saying. struggles to pay Sasa. Yeah. <laughs> to have a contract that works mm. to pay Sasa. So how are we going to trust government with a budget, an estimated budget of what, four hundred and fifty million to implement this thing? Billion. A billion. billion. Yes. Sorry. Billion. And, and and as you say, our government has really not covered itself in glory in terms of how it delivers on what, on, on issues. What of I've this what I've always failed to understand when it comes to healthcare is that. What what exactly is the problem? Why is government failing the people when it comes to providing healthcare? Mm. Is it because there isn't money, or is it be, because some some of the problems Amil are so they're absolutely it's, it's, dire, aren't it's, they? It's it's a hospital mm. that is falling apart. For for example, the walls are falling apart. Mm. Why is government not not fixing that? Because mm. now they are creating an impression that the public healthcare is not working because there's an elite. Uh, healthcare that works for a certain individuals. Which is not the truth. We, we we pay medical aids, but we also pay tax, so we contribute towards <laughs> them fixing, fixing public health care. Public and also well. on, on, on the funding issue, I mean, I, well, when they say taxes and, 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 and stuff like that, I, I really, I'm not prepared to pay more tax. I mean, let me just <laughs> well, speak. Are you going to go to Australia? Ah, well, maybe I'll go I there. Think, <laughs> I, think, I think the doctors will actually go to Australia so, yeah. or, or wherever. Because right now, although the the public healthcare system trains mostly specialists, once they are qualified, they leave mm. because they cannot take the pain of seeing patients die because there isn't uh, resources, resources to, to, to help them. So they leave and go to the public sector. To the private sector. So, um, but uh, look, so, some of the fears here uh, uh, that are being raised across the board mm. so, some of them are childish though Guys, what do you think why, why, why are you scared of uh, uh, queuing uh, why are people scared of not 
choosing themselves to go to specialists. I mean, it makes sense that someone must be referred to a specialist. Mm. Specialists should be dealing with cases that... That are referred uh, to them. Yeah, mm. I mean, if I was a specialist and then there's someone who's coming here with a headache, then it's it's just a normal headache. They should be taking a grand can, for can, can, can I tell I mean, you why? Can I give you an example? Uh, okay, yeah. Here's an example. If you go to a public hospital and you have a lump in your breast, the chances of you finding a diagnosis, you will be dying, you'll be stage four cancer. I'm talking about this from personal experience, from, from, from a family, personal experience kind of situation. No, no, so uh, people uh, want to have access to the best. That means easy access to specialists. Uh, the examples that we have of the public health care system tells you that you will go to the specialist when you are two minutes to die. Yeah. Wait, wait, no, no, no. I think you are, you are missing my point. The point is, GPs, if, if, if this were to work perfectly, it would mean any general practitioner. It doesn't necessarily mean at Baraguan. There are GPs who are uh, 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 who are having their own surgeries, yes. yeah. who are private, uh, who are practicing privately. Yeah. What I'm saying is the introduction to say you can't just go to a specialist. Yeah, you need to go and get a diagnosis when you are sick, mm. and and it it will teach us uh, as a nation to take to 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 be careful and um, serious about our healthcare when you have a problem. You go to the nearest um, primary uh, health primary healthcare. They facility. they check you up and then they pick up those things. But if they don't, well, it but it, it, it it's not like you see. There is an argument uh, which I struggle to understand by many people in the middle class, as you were. It's as if everyone is dying in uh, in the rural areas and the townships where mm. they can't afford medical aid because they are going to this public hospital, which is not the case. Yeah. There, there's no stars, oh, but chief, the, the townships are full now. <laughs> you can go and calculate. The, no, no, I'm but saying, I'm saying. People are not dying in, 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 in massive numbers because of uh, the poor state of healthcare. But, yes, but, it is poor. But people so what I'm who saying, are not supposed to be dying are, are dying. dying. No, no, no. That's no, no, the no. problem. Uh, you're not getting my point. My point is, uh, if then it works perfectly. So this argument that I can't choose which doctor I must go to, uh, why must I be told to go to a GP first before I go to a specialist. So specialists are there for those cases where someone was probably misdiagnosed and they are mm-hmm. there at, at, the, at their last mm-hmm. uh, moments and then a specialist would then come. Now so, imagine so that specialist should be dealing with you, uh, you are dying in your deathbed and they are busy uh, dealing with someone uh, I mean who, who has a headache they should Guys, be just can, taking can, can, can I, can uh, I ask you a very important saying? question so uh, primary if, 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 if this is going to work uh, the first Which point of contact yeah. <laughs> ah, <when I> was, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to work but you are fine. a pessimist <laughs> your point. at the first point the first point of conduct you have uh, with healthcare with healthcare should be a clinic mm, isn't of it yeah so when you get there, um, when they look at you, if if if, if the nurse uh, does not know how to assist you, they, they refer you to to a doctor. The doctor that gets there is a GP. Mm. The GP looks at you and decides, but okay, uh, yes, you have a problem in your eye, but you need a, spe- a specialist uh, uh, who is going to uh, deal with it. Mm. Mm. Then they refer you. Mm. But uh, you find that uh, in some instances, uh, instead of needing to go to a specialist and as who could have assisted you mm. just because it was something that that was uh, when you, you you had a problem with your eye it was just ah, i'm trying to when you just need glasses <laughs> you see
do we have enough enough health personnel to serve everyone? No. No, we don't. That's another problem. No. Yeah. That's yeah. another problem. We don't. So, so, so it's okay for it's the, not okay. the, the middle class to hog the the, 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 the specialists, but so what, what I'm saying is the the introduction of the NHI did not reduce mm-hmm. specialists. Yeah. So that argument that we don't have enough specialists has got nothing to do with the introduction of NHI. What we as middle class people are saying is because of our own fears that uh, now I'm going to be like a prestige from, uh, you know, uh, when uh, I had acquired so much that I am paying. Yeah, fine, you are paying. But some of the things uh, that your medical aid ends up paying for are unnecessary. Uh, remember, the uh, I had a very interesting uh, conversation with uh, Mawande Mvumvu here. Uh, oh, <laughs> about you going to your doctor and then they go to do tests mm. uh, when they go to do tests uh, when those uh, blood tests come back they come back and send them to, to, to the doctor but if you had actually gone to the to the laboratory, to the laboratory yourself you could have saved uh, what a thousand bucks yeah I mean for instance we were saying with a pure just on his point, not that I agree with him, I don't agree with his views, <laughs> but on, on this point, uh, I think he's correct, because I mean, for instance, I, I, when we were talking about this thing, I was making an example of how when you want to do a mere HIV test, uh, going to a doctor to refer, mm. to take your, 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 your to refer your samples, first of all, that doctor is going to charge you about 500 for consultation, just to write a letter mm. uh, to a laboratory that you could have gone to direct to say, I want this guy tested for HIV. You go to the laboratory, they take your blood samples, they send back the results, which is either positive or negative, a simple explanation to your doctor. You go back to your doctor, you pay one, uh, 500 again, on top of having paid the laboratory mm. as well to test, which charges you more when you are referred by a doctor. Like, that whole process would be about 1.3 if you do it via a doctor, but that process can be as cheap as 150 if you go directly to the laboratory for them to do your test. Mm. They just take your blood, you go back to them the following day, they give you results, done, you go home. And on a viewer's point, now the doctor could be dealing with much more serious issues rather than dealing with the Zimasa who's there wanting to know their status. I think the most important thing here is, guys, that people who cannot afford your quality health care, um, people, cancer patients, people who are suffering from massive dread diseases, now mm-hmm. have access to, will or, or should, when this NHI bill yeah. is implemented, have yeah. access to the best care. Yeah. So we've got a fine line here. And somehow and some way, I don't know how it's going to happen, but we've got until 2026, government's going to have to make a plan on how they're going to do this efficiently and properly because that's be the most important part. With all that said, yeah. the, the examples we've seen mm. with how our government uh, provides services to us, I'm one of the most worried people. Yeah. Imagine yeah. home affairs in China, eh? When yeah. you go there to, to queue since five in the morning. Exactly. I'm, I'm one of the most worried. You, you see people um, at municipalities which used to have running water. Those mm. taps are dry. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, 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 with ESCO so are, are power we, outages. Are we saying that yeah, we don't exactly. have a problem with the bill, but we just have a problem with the government that's implementing it? 
That, that I, don't, I, don't have, I don't have a problem with the bill. Yeah. I no, don't no, have no, a no. It's a it's a brilliant idea, mm. Amir. But the the skepticism and pessimism emanates from the fact that our government is just doesn't have a good uh, record and this yeah. is a massive massive project mm. of 57 million people yeah. well, and the 10 million foreign nationals so our government yeah, is just not going yeah. to cope actually doing about foreign nationals <laughs> What are we going to do about those undocumented ones that uh, our mayor, uh, Herman Mashaba, keeps on being attacked for stating facts? So because it does, say, it does, say, it does okay. say that asylum seekers and what the bill describes here as illegal immigrants yes. will only be entitled to emergency medical services and services, I quote here, for notifiable conditions of public health concerns. At whose so expense? like that's contagious diseases. Yeah. At, at the well, government's, at government's expense. government's expense. No, yes. at the, me and you <laughs> expense. You see, the problem oh. I have with, again now, the pro, you see, I, I just want to um, uh, to emphasize the point of the how problematic illegal immigrants can be. Wait, 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 wait. No, wait. Because it's a free country, let the man out of yeah. his you. In 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 this instance, for instance, Amir, you see, it says for whatever, but there will be a way that they will be covered through NHI. But these are people, some of them who are making money within the country. They are paying no taxes. They are uh, no one even knows that they are making money. But me and you, who are registered, who are known by Home Affairs, well, we may be foreigners ourselves, but we are known. At least yeah. we have an ID. Are paying taxes, therefore, at least, and as you say, it's not only people who are working who are going to pay uh, taxes, even other form of taxes. These people are not paying any taxes yet. They are making some of them huge sums of income, and then when they get sick, they get covered by a service that they should have paid for as people who are making an income, but they are not paying for because they are uh, 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 not registered. They are not known that they are a whole different Let me respond to that point. Uh, the introduction of NHI ne, did not increase the number of illegal immigrants. Did not wait. Did not increase the number of asylum seekers. So what do you think happens to them now? No, don't say asylum seekers. You're talking about different things. Let's talk about illegal. Okay, yeah, no, no, okay. Let's talk about illegal. What do you think happens to them now? They go to clinics, and you are paying for it. You are paying for it via your taxes. And that is so. Part, why must there be and, a difference and, and, now? And already, that is part of the problem. Why public health care? Many people are dying. For instance, here. Just to finish off my point quickly, Amir. In Gauteng, for instance, in most public hospitals, my brother, you go there. As uh, uh, you are sick, you need a bed. I can tell you, most of, uh, not most of the people, there are people who are illegal who are in those beds. At this point in time, you go there, you won't find a bed because there is a fellow that we don't know that is in the country who is sleeping in your bed. No, oh, I, I, it's no not your bed. That thing, secondly, this uh, is why I love this oh, podcast. Oh, 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 this is why <laughs> all have to tune in. Tell your friends about it because you're not going to get this level of debate anywhere else. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to cut it short here before we all get fired. <laughs> but remember, if you want to advertise on this podcast, email us at smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. That's S M I T H S at tso blackstar.co.za join us when we're back racial identity politics a phrase that has the potential to start an argument in just about any situation that's why we're starting it first 
Let's Start an Argument is a unique and insightful podcast series about the meaning of race to us today. Presented by researcher Cecilia Koch and Doctor of Philosophy Jason Werbeloff, the series aims to spark rational argument and meaningful discussion around this controversial topic. Find Let's Start an Argument now on the Cliff Central app, cliffcentral.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're going to get straight back into our next to- big topic, and that is former Durban Mayor Zandile Gumede, who the axe has finally dropped on after months and months and months, or actually years and years and years, ah. of so many controversies, <laughs> so many controversies floating around her shoulders. I mean, I can't even begin to start to count how many allegations she's been involved in. Um, there's a lot. Um, so you reported in KZN before, so you know this case uh, more than most people. Now, the, the reason why she's been charged is because of her links to a controversial DSW, that's Durban Central Waste. No. Yeah, yeah, that is, is that? That, is, um, that is the legal part mm. of this whole uh, debacle of, yeah. of Zandile Gumete. So we all so, know the legal part. She was charged for involvement in siphoning of money and giving a tender to someone who she shouldn't have, and now the matter's gone to court. But let's not talk about that because we're not a legal podcast. Let's yeah. talk about the political implications. <laughs> yeah. This is where Zimasa's strong point will come in. <laughs> for the ANC, this was one of Zuma's most staunchest supporters in the province. It was one of his power bases. Yeah. Um, now she's gone. It must have been very difficult for the ANC to get rid of her, wasn't it? I, it, it should have been difficult because remember the ANC took this decision in April that uh, comrades who are facing these mm. massive, you know, dirty uh, dark Scan, clouds, yeah. dark mm. clouds yeah. <laughs> uh, should not be serving in public office or in leadership positions. Mm. Uh, and, and they cited that, no, we, we are protecting our integrity because already people see the ANC as this corrupt uh, organization. That was in April. So these uh, charges came and in June, the mayor was suspended. But what the ANC did, because look, the the court case is a bit flimsy. Mm. There is still investigations. This woman doesn't even know what exactly the charges yeah. are. It's been postponed That's to okay. January next year. Mm. So what, what they were very clever, what they did is they, they said, um, the PwC will investigate municipalities. That's the Provincial Working Committee. The of Provincial the, of the ANC. Of the ANC. Yeah. So the investigations into the going-ons in, in municipalities in KZN, uh, which the ANC is in power, you have Umsundosi Municipality, which is currently under administration mm. because it completely fell apart. Yeah. You have uh, Etekwini, which there is a lot of problems there. Mm. And some of them are political. Some of them are comrades who don't get along with other comrades and who are making it impossible for people to render services to, to, to residents of Etiwin. So, uh, uh, and Mbofana, Mbofana, there's, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, <laughs> know. <laughs> you yeah. know. So I, I think those wait, are... Wait, wait, wait. So Mbofana is also, it, there is all, always some shady things happening there, but we're not going to get into that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so this 100-page report... Mm said the people that we deployed here at Teguin, it's not working, they must mm. go. This is the PwC report now. This is the PwC. Yeah. So I, I'm i not sure how many people, but I know a, a huge amount of, of the ex-co in, mm. in Eteguini. Um Sunduzi, the mayor is gone, the deputy mm. is gone, uh, Mbofana, I, I think the mayor is gone also. 
Um, so when the ANC says that we trusted you with the only metro that mm. we have in the country and you messed it up, mm. administratively, you are under investigation for fraud and, and influencing tender, whatever, mm. whatever. And politically, you are the political head. Mm. We trusted you, but there is this infighting within mm. the municipality, within the cadres. You haven't done your job. Mm. We do not need you there anymore. Also, if you remember correctly, one of the regions in, 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 in the May elections, one of the regions in KZN that dropped, I think, 10% was Etewin. People did mm. not go to vote. There was a lot of protesting and a, and a, and a lot of unrest mm. leading up to the election yeah. day. Uh, some people say it was sponsored by some people within the ANC mm. who were aggrieved because of this and that. But the fact is, people from Mlazi, for example, they were jumping rubbish mm. to go to work. Rubbish was not being picked up. So it's it's a lot. It's it's a lot. So the ANC put that together and said, you are not... Almost, yeah. You are not fit to mm. lead. You are not fit for this office. Therefore, thank you for your services. Goodbye. Yeah. Look, uh, political, what's interesting for me in, in this case, as you correctly alluded to, that uh, Zandiro Kumere is one of the staunchest supporters of former President Zuma. Well, and the support is quite re reciprocal there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, with Zuma publicly supporting Zandiro Kumere during this uh, period. Uh, so, one would read a, a situation whereby also, I'm not disputing the fact that there may be legal issues, there may be governance issues that resulted to her being removed, but on the political side as well, it would seem uh, that uh, in a way, this is also a way to deal uh, Zuma a political blow, uh, that being one of the last remaining strongholds where he's, he has some sort of you know, control, and uh, it's a metro, it's a whole big municipality, metropolitan municipality, but secondly, I, I have a problem with the ANC and how it takes some of these decisions and the inconsistencies thereof. Uh, in that, when also you 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 know, much as Zuma is saying that they did this investigation that they did on the side about uh, other political issues in these municipalities, but the fact of the matter is that as it relates to Zandiri Kumed, what was sold to be a part of why she is a problem is the legal issue, which mm. is still pending. Mm. Now, when you take a decision like this, you create an impression or a public perception that she is guilty of, of the legal issues that she is facing, which may not be the case at the end. If she is absolved and at initially when her problem started, the impression you created was that uh, she is corrupt mm. and you went so far as removing her from the position and the court absolves her. Then you have a, a serious uh, political problem that will look like you were paging her. Exactly. And the inconsistency is that the NC doesn't take the same steps to the same situations. There are a lot of uh, situations like Zandil Kumed across the country, especially yeah. local government. Mm. We know local government is mainly a mess, mm. and we know that the NC is mainly in charge there. Mm. If you take these kind of things, one maybe would argue and say, whatever other municipality, the Rustenberg municipality, mm. if they control it there, for instance, if there are problems, why are you not uh, approaching this holistically and say, as the ANC, because a local government is so much in, in tatters and we have our deployees in 80-90% of them, we are going to launch 
uh, which they did at some yeah. point in time. By the way, uh, that uh, uh, team that was led by uh, Dr. Moses and Zuma, oh, yeah. and it made recommendations, and the NC did nothing yeah, about exactly. it. And so, so now you launch them here and there, mm. here and there. You are going to create an impression that you are using a legitimate process mm. for political reasons to deal with your detractors or your enemies within the mm. NC factional line, and that is what I say is a problem here. Maybe a problem b- bigger for mm. the ANC in that it will be seem it will seem like they are victimizing her for political reasons, not because they have an interest of saving what could be a metro that is sinking in governance and otherwise. And she's playing into that gallery also. Remember when she, she appeared in court, when she was outside court, uh, she was uh, talking of being persecuted. Mm. She was saying that uh, there are people who are looking at, at this metro and thinking, oh, I can have that budget, I can have this money, I can have access to this kind of power and they can't wait for me to leave. And obviously those people are people from the NC because mm. the NC controls uh, that, that particular place. But um, dealing Zuma a blow, I, I, I think, I don't think it's... Should we all get I, off this thing about about dealing Zuma a blow now and where and where and where it happens and how it happens? Is, when, it, is it more just a political thing rather than a Zuma thing? I think it's more of, of regional politics mm. that will definitely have uh, national implications mm. at some mm. point because Etewini region is the biggest mm. region of the NC. It's it's the most influential mm. region of the NC. Are we expecting NC. a fight back, Simas? Of course. Mm. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Mama is a street fighter. Yeah. And I think that's why they were not, they, they, they decided to do this PwC investigation mm. and say it's not working at the municipality. Please leave because yeah. had they gone the the the, the legal route, mm. they were not going to win. But you see, as I said, Zim, it's going to be a problem because the impression they created first. What matters is what beginning. you do at yeah. the beginning, yeah. not what you do as a damage control. Because I'm it, sure they launched the PwC investigation upon the realization that the legal yeah. uh, uh, reason at the beginning might it's, backfire, it's not gonna and work. some people are going to hold on to that initial explanation that you gave of her legal problem so but, uh, okay um maybe you can uh, we, we can share this slot sure. <laughs> <laughs> you talk too much on being so so on on the, on the issue of uh Eteguini as a region mm. um to me i found it interesting maybe you can correct me Zimasa, because you follow it uh, so much um that you are doing this while there is that uh, uh, that uh, what you call uh, is it a vibe full mm. yeah, yeah, call it uh, a vibe. Uh, is it a vibe? Oh, no, it's not a vibe, man. Well, well, you you are in that mood of um, going to uh, elect new leaders yeah. in that region, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 and, 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 and I think uh, it's going to have a bigger influence on those politics. And how are they going to be able to then uh, allow her? Uh, to if she if she says okay, uh, now that I'm fired as a mayor, I'm actually running to be the chairperson of Eteguin. Mm-hmm. Are they going to have grounds to say, um, you know? Actually, the bigger issue you must not appear to agree with you. Hence, I'm saying this is going to be a political disaster because they they will they can't now allow her to run for that position because that position will again legitimize her to be a mayor mm. a, a maybe after 2021 but how are they going to do that now that zima is telling us that this lady is a street fight and we know in the <laughs> <NC> politics, 
in the ANC politics, street fighters when it goes to conferences, especially they at win. the regional level, they, they always win. win. Then no. if I if Zandile takes a decision today that she is going to run in that upcoming regional conference, despite her being fired, and there's nothing they can do about it, and when she wins there, what then? Well, we've so, just given her a great idea. Round it up for us. I think it's going to be her, her big comeback, mm. the, the conference. So the conference should sit between October and uh, February or January. Mm. Um, Mama will definitely run. Okay, explain to our listeners what this conference is about. What what happens at this conference? So so the conference is uh, branches of Etegwini electing their regi- regional leadership. Okay. Now the regional leadership of Etegwini is important because obviously it's 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 huge and it's a big metro mm. and uh, there is big money there. Mm. So whoever has the region has the access and has the power. Mm. Mm. Um, if if we can go back briefly, Emil, there was there was a time when the PEC decided to suspend. When they decided to suspend the mayor, it is around the time when they decided to disband the region. Mm because it was way, the, the leadership at the time had expired and they were not getting along and really they were not getting along. It was divided into mm. two. And um, the, the secretary, the provincial secretary and uh, a PEC member called the branches to Moses Mabita Stadium, told them these are the decisions and the resistance that they encountered there. Mm. I think that's when they decided that we cannot go the legal mm. route because we're going to have a problem. We, and I think at that point, they realized how much power this woman still have, still has. But if you remove her from power now, you remove her from, from the tenders, from mm. the influence. Mm. I don't know how ANC things work, but the people that are on the ground are saying it's very easy to turn ANC branches against someone when you are holding the money mm. and saying, mm. listen, that one has no, they are not going to give you a tender. I'll give you a tender. Mm. This is the top five leadership of the region that we're voting for. Mm. Forget about, about that. Mm. You know, so. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. It's been quite an interesting podcast. I wish we could have spoken more about the NHI bill, but maybe we will next week. Yeah, uh, we'll have with this part two with the I think give the president an idea if he needs someone who will <laughs> push the propaganda of NHI <laughs> since they've shifted it to union buildings. Here's the mail. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm available to run Mama's Twitter account. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's going to show She must come through. We are ready. (laughs) Remember, if you want to advertise on this podcast, email us at smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. Thank you so much, my colleagues, for joining me in studio this week. And thank you all for listening. We'll catch you again same time next week.